available in more homes than the Pac-12 Network, we are the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online. And here he goes, Miles Jack! And I'm Ryan Abraham from USCFootball.com. Liner going to try to sneak it ahead. Touchdown, SC! We are the Podcast of Champions. Welcome everyone back to the podcast of champions. I'm David Woods, Bruin Report Online, UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com, the USC site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And together we make the podcast of champions talking all things Pac-12 football, wrapping up spring football here in the Pac- Oh wait, no, we don't have any of that. Uh, We did wrap up. Our preview series, though, for spring football. So now you guys, everyone out there, David, should be primed. They know what's going to happen this spring in the Pac-12. So we got everyone ready. I'm excited yeah, about that. And and we know. We we now know what's going to happen in spring in the Pac-12. Nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you would argue it never does anyway. No, nothing ever happens in the spring. It's yeah. spring football. No one cares. No one should care. And I, I say that as somebody who relies on you people caring about this stuff and like the, I don't know. Nine months where there isn't a football season, but buddy, it's 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 a lean season and the best of times. Yeah, it's pretty lean, but we get we got through. At least it was like this off season sort of preview. We got to check in with everybody, all the publishers. So thanks to everyone for doing that. Great job, David, lining up all those interviews. You know, six weeks in a row, you just nailed it. Like came off flawless. Look, it's, it's tough carrying this thing on my back. <laughs> you know, there's there are days and weeks where I. It's a thankless task, really. Um, so you taking this moment in time out of the show to to show your appreciation, I mean, it really does mean a lot. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm choking up a little bit. And I, I do want to apologize because I know all the work you put in the last six weeks, you know, editing yeah. all those shows, yeah. getting all those guests and everything. Yeah. I should have stepped up this week and come up with topics because it's the first week we didn't really have like something specific I know, specific and, and I say. even brought that up last week. I yeah. said, hey, Ryan, if you could, I'm just, I'm wiped. I'm burnt <laughs> from doing this for six straight weeks. If you could just come up with some stuff, put it in the document, that'd be great. And look, we're here right now. There's stuff in the document, but who really put it in there? You're Let's right. be honest. You know, I might have like typed the keys, but it, it, all the inspiration came from you. You know, it's it's sometimes the physical work might be done by me, but really you're channeling that energy well, and that, you know, through me. In a sense, your understanding of me does inspire you to do a lot of work for this show. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so really, I, I am the one I am the I am the progenitor of the work. Like I'm the yeah. one who, who I'm the straw that stirs this drink, as it were. Yeah. So mm-hmm. like you're if it's like if your parents, if your if your mom is tired of doing the laundry and asks your dad to do it and he puts the a you know a red shirt in with all just the pours white nothing clothes. but bleach. Just nothing but bleach. <laughs> just on hot. Oh yeah. <laughs> and all then he doesn't ever have to do the laundry again. Now. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he never has to do laundry again. Really? Yeah. He was the one yes. So it's it's the dad that was the smart one in that situation. Yeah, yeah. It's- <laughs> It's, it's it's not never a bad call. 
Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, we want to, uh, we're going to keep the shows rolling. Like we said, we have a few questions. If you'd like to send us topics, questions about the, the conference, whatever, what you, we think about this whole coronavirus quarantine, anything, we'll talk about all that stuff. Pack to a podcast at gmail.com. Uh, maybe your favorite Netflix show. If David and I both watched it, we can chat your about that. Your top five presidents. We were just talking about it off air. I want to hear yours yes. out there. And ask us ours. I've got opinions. You know that yeah. about me. We want <laughs> so we have reached the point in the year and the point in the cycle where every year it's full off topic season now. But this year, I mean, we can wild out everybody. We can we talk can about whatever the hell you want. David, we probably spent 15 minutes before the show. David ran off every president since like Ulysses S. Grant and just <laughs> talked about why most of them were were not. <laughs> great people but it was pretty fun so uh, by my count we've had four good presidents it's like ever so and that's my 45. tease that's my tease i'm not getting into it those are that's that's the truth though uh he's he's got the you know you might not agree with his answer but he's got the work to back it up you know with the common core thing he's got uh he can show his work to the side uh oh, yeah. but yeah tell who's your favorite presidents uh we can talk about any of that so you can email us packs at gmail.com if you'd rather call or text, you can do that too. Hey, leave us a voicemail. It'd be fun to hear your voice right now. 424-532-0678. You're sitting at home. You're bored. You got nothing to do. Just leave us a voicemail. Just I want to get a lot of voicemails this week, David. We need to push for that. We're going to tweet it. Leave us a damn voicemail. Yeah, we want we want voicemails, but let me let me just insist. We want short voicemails. Yeah. Unless so here's the thing. For every 10 seconds, like there's got to be like four good jokes. Okay, <laughs> so I know that's that's a lot, but it really can't be. It cannot be like a minute, two minute diatribe. Sorry, yeah. no, no, we're not to that point yet, but we could get there. We might point. get there. We might need to fill some airtime, but not this week. All right, uh, at Pac Twelve Podcast is the uh, Twitter. So tweet us, uh, David. We're gonna talk about that first. David's been doing some tweeting uh, with a lot of the fans. Apparently he hates poor people. He hates education. Mm -hmm. So I want to get into all of that because I I didn't think he hated those things, but apparently he does. Uh, Pactopodcast.com is the email. I was the excuse me the website. Go there. You can find all of our old episodes. If you want to talk with other Pac-12 fans, we have a Reddit page. Reddit.com/r/podcast of champions, all one word. And of course, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. Uh, Spotify, anywhere you can get a podcast, please subscribe, give us a rating. Five stars are awesome. Tell your friends, Hey man, you like the pack 12. Remember that football thing that we used to like talk about a lot. It doesn't exist anymore. At least for right now, you can still listen to it. They're still talking about it. Like it's a, this is sort of like, uh, you know, the way back machine. Remember what college football was like that. That's what we are here on the podcast of champion. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So do we need to, do we need to get into my, my uh yeah what my... tell us why you hate poor people okay, so, and education. so yet so yet again another week goes by and another college defender has logged on uh to tell me why my opinion which i don't think maybe i didn't properly convey it i'm willing to concede that maybe i didn't college is good college education is good it is good that's that's my stance on it Okay, but the why question, do you hate the poor people? What, why? Well, okay, what? so I'm going to bring this all together. So our, <laughs> our friend Bow Down 79 uh, basically made the point that 
um, college is good, and I think he was coming at it from the angle of college is good because it's a force of social mobility upward, which is true. It can be. Um, the reality is it's becoming less so over time, um, particularly, actually, for uh, POC. Um, the wealth outcomes from graduating from college are getting much less um, apparent over the outcomes if you didn't go to college um, because the debt load that you graduate with on average is so huge. The job you get after college is not as good relative to the high school job as it used to be. Like there's a f many different factors that are playing into this growing divide between what the outcome used to be even 10 years ago and what it is now. And I'm projecting ahead as somebody who has a six-year-old and a three-year-old, what's that crap going to look like in 12 to 15 years when my kids are going to college? Not great. Like if tuition keeps going up where now a lot of schools are 40 grand a year, some schools are 60 grand a year. Well, what if we're talking about $100,000 a year to go to a school? That seems insane to me. Like that's that's fully outside the realm of anything I'm ever going to be able to pay. And um, is it is it justifiable given the potential outcome to advocate that my kids take on some huge debt load to go to school? I don't know. Now, here's the the ups the, the the flip side to that is I don't think this should be the calculus that anyone has to make. It's insane that college has gotten this expensive, especially when you look at real wages and all the other stuff that have been basically flat for 40 years. For college to have grown so much in value is is absolutely nuts. It hasn't. The reality is it's just become a grift. Um, and what they do is they have growing tuition. And then they get this loan market to just continue to meet the need. Well, if you're meeting the need with loans that are, you know, at 6% or some craziness like that, uh, you're basically just creating this just generation after generation of people who have like no discernible wealth, no discernible wealth growth for like 20 years after they graduate college. It's crazy. Um, so we need to fix that. If we fix that, then my calculus will change. It's not an absolute thing. A college education is good. The question is, how good is it relative to the cost? Right okay. now, probably still marginal benefit. But 10 years from now, I don't know. Now, the reason Bow Down 79 is saying that I hate poor people is because he's coming at it from an angle of this is a vehicle for social mobility, which is still probably true. But like the the... The outcomes aren't so great. Um, and also, anybody who's calculating the value of a college degree is almost never factoring in the 40% of people or so who drop out. Yeah, because then you're, you just have cost with, without the uh, Cost the without the benefit. Because what you're not, what you're actually getting out of college, yes, some people get, quote, an education out of it. But what you're actually getting is a degree, um, which as I'm proof of this, you can get a degree without getting much of an education. Um, but if you only go two years or if you only go a year, or if you only go three years, you're getting some kind of debt load, but you're not getting any of the real benefit of it. You're not getting the, the degree. You're not really probably getting any connections because those don't start happening even at private schools until you're probably a junior or a senior. Um, so there's, you know, there are realities of this that are like not kind of covered in. What do graduates from this university end up making on average in their first year out of college? See, I would argue, though, that you you did come away with an education. I mean, I was an engineer, so I had like 
four or five electives my whole time there. And you didn't want to take anything that was going to be super challenging because all your engineering stuff was challenging. Mm-hmm. But I got an engineering job. And that so it was almost like a vocational school for me. But it was, you know, it made sense because like I was going to be an engineer and study engineering and became that where if you have a more liberal, you know, broader education, I was not going to be able to rattle off what's good or bad about the last 20 presidents like you just did in the call before. So I would say you should get an education. So I should be clear. I didn't get an education from college um, because I was a dog shit student um, and I didn't go to class. I didn't like I I skipped tests. Like I I was an absolute, absolute horse's ass. Um, Sorry, anybody who had a hand in my education. Um, But like I was a complete like, no, awful student. Um, History major on average. Yeah, they get a education and and uh you know north campus major yeah you probably do get a broader education than somebody in the sciences um but uh i mean the reason i can rattle off 45 presidents in a row is because i'm a huge nerd not because i like whatever um not because i was studying a lot in college but i guess i, I guess the 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 point is there there is value in that like there is value in getting a broad-based education a liberal arts education what we're turning it into by making it cost so damn much is you have to make a value judgment all the time. You have to say, is this worth the amount of money, the amount of risk that I'm going to take on? Um, and for a lot of people, and I, I'm not like, it sucks, but I, I think we're, we've created a system where we either need to change the system or we need to start working within its bounds rather than looking at everything with a Pollyanna mindset. Um, right now the, the college value game is tilting towards, man, not everyone should do this. Um, and by the time my kids are approaching college age, it might very well be in that area. And we're running into the thing where it's become such a norm. Like everyone has to go to college. Well, yeah. Okay. If it's a norm though, like everyone has to go to high school, everyone has to go to middle school. I mean, and this is going to veer into, uh, you know, some political stuff, but at least the public stuff should be relatively free or cost significantly less than it does. I mean, UCLA, when my brother went, was, I don't know, like two grand a quarter, something like that. And then when I went, it was something like, I think it had gotten up to like four grand a quarter, six grand a quarter. And now it's something nuts. Um, I could be way off on that. Um, but it was it was a order of magnitude, like three times more. Um, that might have been per year. Um, but it's, you just can't have it continuing to grow like that when incomes and wages aren't growing at that level. Um, it's just, you're going to eventually get to the point where you're either making, and this is already what's happening. You're making an entire lower class out of people who are going to college or, um, you're just barring, um, poor people from entry. One of the two is going to happen. Yeah. All right. Well, let's bring everybody down, Dave. Thanks. You know, make make it feel good. Well, because it's I guess the world's this light, fluffy place right now. Everyone's happy. So we want to, you know, you got to bring them back to reality. Yeah, no, everything is so good right now that, you know, you just your mind turns to the things that could bring it down still. Yeah. Uh, Well, we got some other topics before we jump into some of your questions that we have to discuss. We don't have to, but we're going to because we don't have to talk about. Uh, so earlier this week, uh, Brett McMurphy tweeted, and I think uh, John Wilner ended up writing about it a little bit too. So Washington State, uh, we're going to see a lot of schools make kind of announcements, maybe conferences make announcements. 
But Washington State, uh, their uh, football coach, Nick Rolovich, uh, the men's hoops coach, Kyle Smith and, uh, and Pat Chone, the athletic director, plus uh, Kurt Schultz, the, the president of Washington State, they're all going to take 5% salary cuts and through the 2020-2021 academic year, and they're not going to get any bonuses or incentives that are in their contracts. So uh, they're trying to tighten the belt a little bit at the top because there's going to be lots of budget cuts and things going on uh, otherwise. I know the, the president of um, Baylor, uh, I think it's Linda Livingston, I think it was. I probably don't have it written in front of me. She said that there's you know like an $80 million like shortfall or something for Baylor. They're going to be making cuts there across the board, and athletics are going to be included in that. So there's some belt tightening going on, Dave, around the, around the you know, colleges. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know how much of this is just like pure optics um, for like the head guys to take their 5% cut, um, but it's, you know, probably something that's necessary at this point. Um, you would think, I mean, I, I would guess some schools have pretty wealthy boosters who'd be able to help with the shortfall at least some extent, um, but I don't know how... I don't know what the rules and regulations are on how much money can go to like pure athletic budget um, from like booster money. But you'd think college sports could, uh, you know, tap into some of their well-heeled folks who are more or less inured from this current crisis. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I know interest in athletics because you're not getting anything going on right now is down. You know, we're we're seeing people that are interested in our like content, but it's there's people that are bored and they want to, Oh, I'm going to consume more. But there's a lot of people that are like, well, I don't really care what's going on in the off off season. Like this is some people tune out during the off season. This is really like the off off season. And there's people that are just not as interested. And I think you're going to see people that are you know making donations. Those are going to be going down, even though, you know, each university didn't do anything wrong per se. It's, there's less interest there right now. So if someone was like, Hey, I, I donate cause I like to watch football or basketball or whatever. I can't do that. It's not the university's fault, but um, I feel like donations might be, I, I haven't seen specific numbers, Dave, but I think donations might be down too. Oh, I would imagine. I would imagine everything's down. Um, I, I mean, uh, uh, reality is like, nobody's probably going to be spending money on much of anything right now. Um, so it's, I, and we're not really going to know if that's going to pick up anytime soon. So no, I mean, this is probably right. I mean, universities should look into ways that they can cut costs, especially among their, most well-paid people, um, and it's good for Washington State to do it, and hopefully other Pac-12 schools, among many others, uh, follow suit. Yeah, uh, well, I'm sure we're going to see, especially because you have that disparity. And I know you're a, a big capitalist, Dave, and you like the guys, you know, the CEOs making yeah. millions and stuff. That's that's your thing. No, I but- love them. I love them. I think you know what? Honestly, <laughs> I'm I'm just rooting for our first trillionaire. You know, I think that'll be a brilliant. Thing for everyone. I think everyone's going to be super excited about that. Nice. Uh, but, you know, you're going to have a head coach making three, four, five, six, seven million dollars a year. And when you're cutting that, oh, you know, we just hired two new, uh, you know, analysts that make 60 grand a year and they have to live in like Los Angeles somewhere or Seattle or whatever. And do you really want to cut them or could the head coach, you know, take a little bit less? I, I think you might see a lot of that stuff kind of going on yeah and that's that happens even in other times i know with ucla in the past they've had a pretty fixed assistant pool of money and i know of head coaches in the past who've cut into their own money um to pay off their assistants when the cap is hit 
Um, so that kind of thing does happen. Um, I don't know off the books, on the books, but it does happen. Um, and it should be happening now. I mean, there's no reason if you've got a head coach making three plus million dollars that there should be any lower level staff cuts. Um, just redistribute the money. Yeah. Uh, like it's just no. Yeah, that shouldn't be happening. Most I mean, if you're a head coach who's been a head coach for a while, I mean, if you don't have 10 million plus in the bank, you've been doing something wrong. Yeah. Well, here's the bigger concern um, for me. And, you know, you can see like a school like Baylor, that's power five. Cincinnati has already cut a sport. Uh, they've canceled men's soccer. And apparently they had a pretty good program. You're going to start seeing foot, you know, sports actually being cut out of these athletic departments' budgets, and they're not going to be able to afford them. And it's most likely going to be men's sports going forward because of Title IX. So they might, if they cut women, they'd have to have cut men's first, most likely. But uh, is that, to me, that's sort of like, I don't want to. I don't want to say this the wrong way. I don't want to be insensitive. But when I was in school at USC, 1992, you remember the Los Angeles riots? You remember that, David? Mm-hmm. I yes, could yes. get in trouble for this. I just, I we were supposed to have finals the next day, and then you're watching on television like all the shit that starts to go down. It was it was getting crazy, and I just remember one uh, one of those big trash bins being pushed out in the middle of a street on fire, and that was like the first like flames that I remember seeing. And I think at that point, something clicked, like, this is going to go downhill. This is going to get bad. Like, there's fire in the street. And then, you know, by the end of the night, every, you know, buildings were on fire all over the place. The first program, and the, apologize if this is a horrible analogy and said so. I'm not trying to be that way. Um, yeah, look, some people say canary in a coal mine. Ryan says uh, people pushing <laughs> flaming trash cans in the street signaling the start of the L.A. riots. I'm just never going to re- forget that because you're watching it and you're like, at that point, things change. You know, you knew. Um, I don't even during this, like the first time you walk outside and like everyone's wearing a mask, like things are different now. It just there's sometimes something happens that changes. But Cincinnati canceling men's soccer. My thought is. Holy crap! We're gonna see sports start to get canceled all across the country. Yeah, Maybe yeah, I'm yeah. wrong, but do you know what I mean? Yeah. Though here's my fearless prediction. Um, so men's soccer goes down. That's not a. That's not like a nothing sport. Like it's not like it's. I don't know. Crew, right? Like crew at some West Coast school. Like they don't care except for Washington. You know what I mean? Um, men's soccer is a real sport. Uh, that's mid mid tier sport. Um, people actually do go to those games. You know, like that does happen. Um, at least one, yeah, I'll say it. At least one football program is going to close its doors. Wow! In the FBS, that's crazy. That's because so if you've been following along, and I think we're going to talk to this, about this in a note. Uh, but Gavin Newsom just said today he's having a hard time seeing any large gatherings through August, right? Yeah, he said um, the prospect of mass gatherings is negligible at best until we get uh, to herd immunity or a vaccine. And he says things can change radically if they're so. Yeah. So if there was uh, therapeutics and tracing, any sort of large gathering of strangers in June, July, August is extremely unlikely, he said. Yeah. So so if you're following like if you're reading between the lines there. Um, the odds of us getting a vaccine by this fall are nil, um, like just not going to happen. The odds of us having herd immunity, I know there's at least one study that says we might have like 80% people infected already, but 
almost no other scientists think that's even close to right. Um, that it's probably more like 10x the current cases, which will put it some somewhere around 6 million people have had it so far, which is um, like 2%, something like that, I think. Yeah. Um, so if that's the case, we're nowhere close to herd immunity either. That's going to take, that would take forever. Um, you'll need a vaccine before that. So if, so if, and California, if you're looking at it, is probably one of the lighter hit states right now. Like in terms of relative to population, like yeah, the whole thing. The, the, the per capita numbers are actually really good in California. And, and we were the first state to do the stay at home order. Yeah. So maybe that has something to do with it. But the way, we're also the way, more spread out. Like LA's way more spread out than New York. It's just New York is going to be, Yeah, we don't way, have subways and all that stuff. Yeah, know? and the, the way the Bay Area reacted earlier than basically anybody, like they were starting stay at home stuff even earlier in that week that everyone started. Um, that probably helped because that's a much more concentrated area than than the L.A. area. Um, but but I guess at the end of the day, so the West Coast has generally actually ended up in a probably better position than anywhere else. And Newsom's more or less speaking for that entire group right now. And they're saying nothing, nothing at least until basically September. And the likelihood of it happening in September seems negligible to me. So if the West Coast is saying that, and then you've got places like Michigan, which are still pretty clearly on the uptick. Pennsylvania, which is still pretty bad. All these places that are still pretty bad. We're not getting, we're not getting football season this fall. I, I wow, it just does not seem likely. And if we're not getting football season this fall, then there's going to be at least one program closing its doors permanently. Wow. Uh, see, I'm more optimistic. I think we can get football season, but to me. At, at some point, I, I think if you're if the goal is everyone has to be immune or everyone has to be, you know, safe, I, I don't know if you're going if you need to get all the way there because it there is a higher risk for different people. I mean, it, I I mean, could could at some point can you let people back kind of part way and as long as you know things are staying under control and people are wearing masks and not shaking hands and stuff like could you I mean. Could it get some? Even the you know the California, um, you know the politicians today were talking about potentially easing the restrictions. You know, looking over what happens in the next few weeks, but not like a light switch. It's more of a dimmer. Could we get to the dimmer point where it gets close enough? Like, hey, we could have college football. It's not perfect. Not everyone's immune yet, but it's the point where the the risk is not. You know, it's been mitigated, and we're hoping that it's not going to. You know it's not going to, you know, get another outbreak and get, get another spike. I mean, then we could have football, right? I mean, there's a potential there. Well, the problem is, so right now, um, so first, when they're talking about loosening restrictions, I think there's a little bit of a misunderstanding about what that means. Um, like the first restriction they're talking about loosening is, okay, we'll let you leave your house and see people again. Like, and not in a bar or whatever, but like, you'll be able to like, you know, walk down the street without like somebody harassing you um, for being outside of your house. Like that's what they're talking about when they're loosening restrictions. And some places don't even really have that restriction in place yet. Um, like for example, where I live. Um, but some places are much more strict about it, but that's what they're talking about. Like loosening that and then maybe loosen the thing where um, gosh, maybe offices that have um, working spaces that aren't communal, they can start working together, working again in shifts, maybe. 
Um, but they're not talking about like bars reopening or restaurants reopening with people sitting at tables together. Like they're not talking about that. And that's going to be some of the last stuff to come on board again. And football, I mean, a football practice alone is a gathering of 50 or more people. Um, a football meeting alone is a gathering of 50 or more people. Um, they're not going to be able to do that. Um, there's just not going to be large gatherings. They're not going to, those are going to be the last things to come back. Um, and those things can only come back when you're damn sure you have like perfect contact tracing and you're damn sure that there's not community spread. Um, and we're just not in anywhere near the place to know those things. Like we don't know right now. We still don't know. We still don't have any gauge. Think about what I just talked about up, up front. We have no idea between 6 million and 60 million people, really, how many people have had this thing. Think about that. Think about the range of outcomes that is. Why do we not know that? We're two months into this thing. We should have been doing serological testing earlier and have some idea how many people have had this thing. We don't. We, we really don't. We, ha we know there are about 600,000 confirmed cases. We know, based on other countries, that the the actual number of cases, the actual number of people who've had it, is some multiple beyond that. What multiple is still way to be to be determined. Um, Colorado did one thing in a county that found that only about one percent of people had actually had it. That's not good. But Colorado is also not hard hit. What does it look like in New York? What does it look like in California? New York, the official numbers are listing basically one percent of the population has now had it. So does that mean ten percent have actually had it? If you extrapolate based on the 10x or does it mean 50 percent have actually had it um we just have no idea and until we have some idea all this stuff feels kind of pie in the sky to me like yeah. we're we're there's all these stories that we're undercounting deaths too um because a lot of people in the early days and a lot of people even once we got overloaded without enough tests um were just sent to the morgue with and eh, maybe suspected covid but it wasn't officially logged as a covid death i mean we, we're flying blind on so much of this stuff that it's just it seems way cart before the horse to even talk about when we're going to get football back. I mean, it'd be great to just be able to, you know, go to a playground, you know, <laughs> like yeah. it's just I, I, I don't know. The, the thing I come back to is this is America and America. it's a pretty great country, America. even though you, I, you're not a big fan, David, you don't like you don't like the, the capitalists, you don't like the poor people and live in it or whatever you don't like. You don't like it. That's fine. But there's a lot of smart people that are like trying to fix this. And I feel like someone's going to come up with something and it's going to advance this. And we're, I think social distancing has worked pretty well. Um, I mean, I know there's some people are saying, hey, civil liberties and all that, you know, and arguing. It's like, I, I get it. It's a really tough balancing act. I don't want to be critical of any, anyone in power trying to make these decisions. This is all unprecedented. I think they're, everyone's trying to do their best, whatever. I mean, I'm not going to be, start blaming people, but. I feel like there's all these people, you know, behind the scenes that are really working hard to try to make something, you know, happen here. And we'll get, I think we'll get there. You know, I think, I don't know if there's going to be football or not, but I'm optim. I'm not saying there's not going to be, I'm optimistic that something cool, cool can happen over the next few weeks and we get on the right path and then we get there. And I know there was a lot of doom and gloom. People, millions are going to die. It doesn't look like that's going to be the case. Um, but you know, we're still, we projected then and it was wrong. We could project now the same way that, hey, there's not going to be football the way we're going. And I think that could be wrong, too. We got better from, you know, a month or two ago, and I think we could get better again. So I'm going to be optimistic, Dave, that some good things are going to happen. 
We want to do it so it's safe. We're not going to go out there and, and put people at risk. But we'll see. I don't know. Hopefully, hope we both want football. You're just I would not... love. I, this is one of many areas again where I would love to be wrong, which I always am. So take comfort in that, everyone. Yes. Um, we'll see. All right. Well, we don't need everyone hears about that all day long. Are you? Uh, do you watch like the news? Or you watch what's going on? Like I try to watch some of the press conferences, but I don't know if we need a press. I conference don't. Every I don't day. watch. I don't watch a damn bit of it. Because it drives me insane. Yeah. There's, I, I watch more than I should. But I was yeah. like, do we really need a press conference every day? And no, and it's not just it's not just Trump. Like, we're getting that Andrew Cuomo press conference every day. You get oh. a Gavin Newsom con- Gavin press conference every day. constantly. It's like, I don't need this. I don't need to hear from any of these dudes, ever. We get the White House ones. We get the just get state, like, of, Calif- get, state get of California. Like, I get, get like the... Ch- the two mayor? scientists just get two scientists to bicker on like a Friday afternoon every week. That's fine. I yeah. don't need to hear from anybody else. Like just okay, two people with like a general understanding of what's going on. Could you guys just hash it out and let us know, please? Like, I, I, why do we need it filtered through the like? And I'm not even talking about Trump here. Cuomo too. Why do we need it filtered through these dumb people's brains? Just get it <laughs> from the people who can actually explain it in real terms, and then that's fine. Like we don't. We don't need the filter. Like, just yeah. have have smart people explain it instead of you know dumb politicians. <laughs> All right, uh, good stuff there. Let's see. We got uh, uh, Pete Thabel. I wanted the, the last one we can talk about. Um, he tweeted earlier today that Yahoo Sports obtained a letter from Group of Five uh, commissioners to the NCAA president Mark Emmert, asking for quote temporary relief from several regulatory NCAA requirements. For a period of up to four years, among them are sports sponsorships minimum, sports sponsorships minimums, uh, and which hints at more sports cuts. And he said, the regulatory requirements that Group of Five commissioners are looking for uh, for relief include sports sponsorships, football attendance requirements, football scheduling requirements, additional financial aid requirements, and minimum contests that sports must play. Um, I don't know. I think it seems like the group of five are worried that some of their those benchmarks are not going to be able to met be met during this. I, any thoughts on that, Dave? I think uh, speaking to what I was talking about before, where potentially some program gets cut, I think that's kind of a shot across the bow. Like, hey, if you do not give us some re- relaxation with some of these requirements, another shoe is going to drop. Yeah, because um, they've got to prepare for reality where. This thing doesn't happen, like football season doesn't happen or it happens without fans in some capacity or it happens late or it happens in an abbreviated way. And that's real loss of income. It's real loss of different things. And it's going to affect the benchmarks they have to hit. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on delaying uh, the season? They'll have it start like early 2021, for example. Could Do you think that could work for college football? I, so I don't see any real reason why not. The only thing I think for players, it's a suboptimal outcome uh, and it's suboptimal for everybody. I think it's especially so for players and you have to be sensitive to that because unless the NFL was also agreeing to delay their whole cycle or figure out some way to make this equitable, you're going to have players who get injured during the season in March or April and then you know, in in previous years, they might have three months to get ready for the draft and all that kind of stuff. Now they're not going to have that um, if it was a spring season. Um, so you're going to end up with players who get critical injuries who then 
are, are having to get drafted off of potential or something. Um, so I don't know how you would make that fairer. Um, but that would be some consideration. Um, it's just maybe there's some way to provide group level insurance for guys um, who suffer injuries in this final season or in this in a spring season. Um, you know, somebody would be willing to outlay the cost for that because um, you'd want to make sure that they're not getting completely hosed by the uh, by the experience. Um, but on balance, I think more football would be better than less football. So, yeah, I'm in favor. Um, and hopefully we would get to spring with a lot more. Because that's the thing is for me, I'm I'm skeptical of the chances of getting this all done by September. By February? I mean, by February, we might have a much better understanding of where we stand and all this. All these therapeutics might be in better position, like all the studies on whether this drug works or that drug works or whatever will have been, you know, in full swing for many, many months at that point. So you have actually an idea if this thing is safe for this, you know, variety of symptoms or whatnot. Um, That'll all be in a much better position come the spring. So I'm a little bit about a spring football season. It's just September. I mean, we're September is not far away. I mean, September is, you know what four and a half months away so that's not a ton of time with just now hitting the downswing of this thing so september is essentially about 500 zoom happy hours away is that what we're saying that's what we're saying (laughs) that is what we are saying i had one we had like a birthday party for a friend last night and i'm like i think i'm gonna start classifying these zoom you know happy hour parties by like how many beers like that was a four beer zoom you know like (laughs) Like how many beers? Like oh, this was a quick one. We just had two beers, you know. But like I oh man, a, I had a four beer Zoom last Wednesday. It was pretty nice. good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. You can go on like these little betters. Like I'm, I'm hungover more than I would have liked to have been during this <laughs> pandemic, drinking at home alone. Like <laughs> that's not something I normally do, but here we are. Um, yeah, I, I thought I was gonna. I thought I was really gonna tie one on Sunday night. I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna get drunk. You know what I did? I drank two. I drank two beers and went to sleep. Oh, yeah. Uh, I did. I think I tied one on. But you know, it's mostly it's somewhat social because you're with friends. But sometimes you're like, hey, everybody do a shot, and then you like run to your cabinet and go get a shot glass or whatever, and and you're like, how am I drinking like this with a whole bunch of people? Like it's kind of crazy, but I it 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 gives you some sense of normalcy, you know. That's beautiful. Uh, But then the next morning you feel crappy. Um, All right. Let's uh, get to some questions. We had an email from Jay in New York. Hopefully you're staying safe out there, Jay. He said, Mississippi State coach Mike Leach deletes tweet of a knitted noose. And so I don't know if you saw this. It was like an old white lady like knitting, basically crocheting or something in her lap. And there's like a noose. And uh, what was the thing? Something about her husband. Yeah, it was basically it was a it was a wife killing her husband joke because she's been driven crazy by being around her husband, which is a you know a time honored joke. Um, The issue that some of his players took issue with, but also huge portion of the Mississippi State fan base, is you're in Mississippi now, buddy. Like you can't can't make noose jokes uh, with you know what with the history of nooses in that area and. Look, I understand for, like, random Joe fan in, like, Washington or California not really getting it because, look, it's a, that's a it's a signifier for a very, well, a specific experience. I won't say a very specific experience, but a specific experience to 
black people in the South, but black people generally. Um, but the the reality is that it is that it is valid. And I mean, I think two people transferred out of the program because of this. Yeah, I think like the starting defensive tackle. And uh, yeah. Jay said, Jay said the tweet is uh, this tweet is why Leach can only ever coach at fringe schools within their conference, never at a blue blood. Yeah, dude, like you can't, you can't, you just can't be doing that in Mississippi. I mean, you can't be. I mean, just probably avoid noose imagery um, here in these United States of America, because it's not like we're you know talking about Great Britain where you know it's hangman's noose and all that kind of crap. I mean. What is the most like we're talking the only other like even thing I would think about when I think about a noose in the United States is like horse thievery in the West. And he wasn't making a horse thievery in the West joke. And how many how many wives kill their husbands with a noose? Like, no, she'd be loading a gun. Right. And even still, like that's domestic violence joke. But at least that would be more (laughs) apt. I mean, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think sometimes we can be overly sensitive. I don't think this is one of those times. No, but. don't talk, don't don't make a new stroke, Mike Leach. Come on. There's, you know, and you know, you feel bad when people do things. And do I think he meant? I don't think he meant anything by it. But like, but that's the thing is a lot. But of you have to don't think. Meet, you know? Yeah, that's the thing is you. It is incumbent upon you to think. Like yeah. that's 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 your responsibility as a human being is to think. And if you're the newly named Mississippi State head coach, think, uh, is this is this a good thing for me to tweet? Like, just like your responsibility as a citizen in the world is to use your brain. Now, if you're like, OK, well, I'm just fine offending the crap out of some people because whatever, they need to suck it up. Well, this is this is what you sow. Um, but it's just incumbent upon you to think about it. Like, don't claim ignorance after the fact. Don't claim I didn't mean anything by it. No, think, use your brain. Um, it doesn't matter if you meant to be racist. It matters that people take it a certain way and you need to think about that. This would have come to you if you'd been thinking about it. Um, so yeah, no, it's just, this is just simple stupidity most likely. Um, but that's, that's not that's not for that's not something that like forgives or absolves. That's that's something you need to fix too. Yeah. Dumb, dumber, <laughs> dumbest. Sorry, Mike. Uh, we love you, but that was uh, that wasn't very smart. Um, all right. Thanks for that one, Jay. All right. This is from Bob from Alaska SC. Dollar sign S. Dollar sign C. Hmm. Hey y'all. Uh, now that y'all, that's two y'alls. You're not allowed. You're not allowed y'alls. You're from Alaska, Bob. (laughs) No. All right. Hey, y'all. Now that y'all have finished your spring practice reviews, I'm pretty sure the Disney princess type questions will be coming out soon. So I'm going to ask some questions that don't relate whatsoever to the Pac-12. First, could you guys name the top listeners on your podcast who either email quite often or ask detailed questions? I just want to see who are the top listeners that come off the top of your head. Secondly, I was wondering what... Okay. Uh, Hithloday. Yeah, Hithloday is always in there. Um... Shane is one of the funnier ones, right? Yeah. We've got an Alex in NYC who emails a lot. Um, we've got John from... Uh, I probably was going to leave some people out, which... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because uh, we don't have good brains. No, it's hard. Frank in Sacramento, would he would email a bunch. Bob from Alaska has emailed a couple of times. Yeah. Um, He's up there. Um 
We got some. Sean, I think Sean from Ohio did a little Tom, bit. Tom, Tom, our man Tom. Tom, yeah. Uh, who else? Trying to think. Brains. Uh, we had uh, John Abrea. He's been fairly. Yeah, we've already said his name once, so we're really doing well. We're already circling. Oh, back. you already did. Like Crap. People. Yeah. Sorry oh, about yeah. that. Um, um. Yeah. Dicey. Dicey. That's tough. Not- Bad brains. We got a couple of bad brains here. I, I, uh, I was never really good at that. Like people would be like, could we monitor message boards and moderate them and stuff? I don't, I don't, I think I read the, the message boards, but I don't like attach myself to these different personalities. Cause some people will email you like, can you believe what Tom SC 45 said? And like, he's, he's been after me for years. I'm like, I, I really don't know that. Like I, <laughs> I'm sorry. I've actually got a. I I used to have a better feel for it. I don't think I spend enough time and like there's changeover, but there was a period in time where I knew not only everybody on the message board who was a regular poster, but like who they beefed with. Like I had a pretty good feel for it because I was like moderating constantly. I I don't do it nearly as much as I used to. Um, So and also like it seems like there's just been changeover. I don't know if it's a bunch of people we banned who've come in under different names or you know it's just hard to know sometimes. Um, so I lose track of the dynamics and it's sort of like, I don't know, it's like German principalities at war. You know, you just don't know who's fighting who after a while. Like it's like 1600s wars. Like you just don't know. Sweden's fighting Russia. Then they're on the same side. Like, what's that? What are you doing? Come on. No. That's where we are. Nice. Um, I think there was an email that you were Going yeah, back and no, forth. Bob, 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 Bob is uh, secondly, I was wondering what are your favorite sporting teams other oh, than sorry. UCLA and USC? Oh, uh, so I grew up a big Pittsburgh, like Pirates, Steelers fan, somewhat Penguins. Uh, I like those. I've lived in LA now like 30 years. So, like, I like the local sports teams, but I'm not a big, I think doing this job has made me less of like a fan of sports in general. Like, I love sports, but not like die hard of any. You know, I'd love it like the Steelers won or the Pirates won or something, but um, it's not like I, I live and die by other sports teams anymore. I think I think working in it has kind of taken that kind of away from me, I guess. Yeah, maybe that's part of what's happened to me. Um, but I'm I'm kind of in the same boat. Like I I am still a you know, I know Ryan Ryan gets upset when I say this, but I am still a UCLA fan. Um, but the I I take it in a very um, distinct direction um which is mainly (laughs) mainly pointing out the flaws um but uh i used to be a big angels fan i was a big baseball fan i think i've talked about it on the podcast before and i basically stopped as soon as they won the world series um i was a big lakers fan um up until 2004 um and then i stopped um and then i never got into hockey um i was like you know how uh, I don't know if you experienced this, but in Southern California and I think nationally, uh, TBS used to always show Braves games like just yeah. nationally. You, you 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 could watch your local team, maybe, but you could definitely watch the Braves. So I was like sort of a background noise Braves fan um, in the mid 90s. So I think that gave me a little bit of a respite from how bad the Angels were then, um, because that was like the Maddox, Glavin, Smoltz teams. Um, but I never really had an NFL team. Tried to adopt a couple over time, but like L.A. didn't really have one when I started really paying attention to football. And I just the NFL never really got me hooked in any real way. Like I watched, 
you know, I watched football for a while. I watched NFL football for a while, but I just never really got into it. And then I stopped basically once I had kids. Um, so I haven't watched much NFL consistently in probably six, seven years now. Um, no. But besides that, no, it's mainly mainly college sports, mainly UCLA. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for that one. Uh, we got Hithla Day. Destiny, like the water of the Nile. All right. This should be interesting. Uh, he, he said, I didn't understand a single word in Ryan's question about Joe Burrow, the NFL, and Washington's new offensive coaches. And Chris Fetter's lengthy response didn't help. Um, I, I, I don't know if I mentioned this in the podcast. I said Joe Burrow. He's the quarterback. I meant to say Joe Brady because um, there were some similar <laughs> there were some similar, uh, you know, so Joe Brady was an offensive assistant for the Saints for two years was a, you know, he came out of nowhere. He was a grad assistant at Penn State. He was a linebacker coach at William & Mary. Like, the guy was a linebacker coach at William & Mary in 2014 and then became, like, the hottest college assistant and hired him in the NFL by 2019. That's pretty crazy. But that that was more of the, hey, you're going to get the NFL guy, like a Joe Brady, and bring him in and run the offense as opposed to, um, you know, bringing in the more established, like, you get Joe Moorhead or whatever, like what Oregon was doing. That that was my, but I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Did you, did I correct myself there? I know, but I think Chris's answer went on kind of long, so I didn't really have a chance to correct myself when he went through it. I have no recollection of the event in question. Yeah. So sorry, sorry, Heather. I didn't mean Joe Burrow. I meant Joe Brady. Um, but he says, "Here's what I'm able to co- reconstruct from public accounts. Uh, first, Jimmy Lake uh, fired Bush Hamden. Good for him." That corrected Chris Peterson's second or third biggest mistake in Seattle. So Hitlade's not a big fan of him. Uh, second, Lake fired longtime tight ends coach uh, Jordan Papayo. Papayo? Papayo, maybe? Yeah. Who was responsible for Austin Safarian Jenkins, uh, Will Disley, Drew Sample, Hunter Bryant, and Kate Otten uh, for no reason. And that has never been explained, and certainly not as Fetter suggested, because he was hired away by UNLV. Again, don't know why he fired the tight ends coach, but you know, when you're working in the same group, like if Dave and I were in an office and one and Dave gets promoted, I could be doing a pretty good job. Dave doesn't like me. He just fires me because we didn't get along and you'd rather have people that you trust underneath you. I mean, maybe it's something like that. I, I don't know. Have you heard anything about that, Dave? No, I've not heard anything about the Washington tight ends coach being fired. Oh, so, Hithode, sorry, we didn't do our research there. Third, he promoted uh, Durham Cato to tight end coach, an analyst who never coached in the FBS before, much less the NFL. Fourth, after striking out on Wait, more... uh, I'm sorry, Hithode, are we talking about tight ends coaches right now? We are. He's Why? What? What's? I know it's the offseason, man, but come on. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. Tight ends coach, that's like the position on staff that's making like 85 grand a year. Like, just let the man live. Yeah. You're the right fielder in Little League. Like, it's, you know, hey, it's nice if you're good, but it doesn't really matter if, you, if, if you're not. Like, that's where you're, you're being hid. Oh, man. Uh, fourth, after striking out on more accomplished offensive coordinators, Cato recommended the former offensive coordinator for Vanderbilt, while Cato was a grad assistant there, John Donovan, who's been in the NFL as an assistant exactly four seasons in a 23-year career after being fired from Penn State. I think my point is, John Donovan had a lot more experience than 
uh, Joe Brady did. Uh, so, I mean, maybe they're trying to, you know, get that spark from someone who's coming from the NFL for a couple of years and had that mix of college and, and NFL. I don't know. That was my thought. Okay. Uh, to my knowledge, uh, have I gotten anything wrong in this uh, recounting of events? To yeah. our knowledge, we have no friggin' idea except the first point is correct. Jimmy Lake did fire Bush Hamden. Yeah. Uh, could you boys please explain what, if anything, this has to do with a, quote, secret sauce to success or an, quote, NFL brain with significant NFL experience? Do you buy for one second that all of Jimmy Lake's NFL contacts were raving about the Jags assistant to running backs coach? How do you think that offense is going to work at Washington? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. None. All I can say is that Washington's offense for the last couple of years has been a disappointing mess. Um, made the analogy a bunch, but they have to work so hard to do simple things. It's um, maddening to watch. Um, trying something different. That's fine. I would have preferred they go with somebody more college oriented. Um, runs maybe a, a modern, you know, tempo type offense. I don't know. Um, but they went a different route. Hopefully it's going to look better than what they've been running the last couple of years since uh, Jonathan Smith moved on to Oregon State. Um, but I, I don't think anybody has any real idea. Um, no. I, you don't you know, know. You got a guy coming in. He's been part of a good culture, a good staff. He's running a successful uh, section of that team. When you're know, running the defense, it's been good. There have been some deficiencies on the offensive side of the ball. He's going to have his opinions on the other side of the room, like why the hell are they doing this or blah, blah, blah. He gets his opportunity and he's going to put his own personal stamp on it. He'll have his certain beliefs. He'll have, uh, you know, his philosophies. And I think that's the direction that, that he wanted to go. And I don't know the reasoning behind it, but you, you know, you get your shot. You know, you, he's got his shot and he wants to do things more his way. Now there's a lot of good things that Chris Peterson was doing. I think he's going to continue a lot of those. Uh, but this is this is his opportunity. A lot of times it doesn't work out great with defensive coaches. They you know they try to stifle the defense the offense more. They want to focus more. I don't know. I don't know. As long as you allow the you know you hire a good offensive staff and let them do their job, and you don't, hey man, we want to run the ball more because I I don't want the the defense to give up more points. That kind of crap. I don't think that happens much anymore. But when that was happening, then it's a problem. So I as long as he's not doing something like that, you you hire some good offensive people, let them do their job, and you should be fine. Yeah, and I, the Donovan thing, I mean, it is interesting that Oregon, Joe Moorhead, and John Donovan, and Moorhead was basically Donovan's replacement at Penn State, um, which is interesting. But, I mean, Donovan was pretty good at Vanderbilt, considering it's Vanderbilt um, under Franklin. Um, and then it just didn't quite click in Penn, at Penn State. But it's not as if it's a complete joke of a hire. I mean, this is a guy who was uh, a college OC uh, for quite some time, so... I don't know. I mean, we'll see how it works out. A lot of hires like this end up being semi crapshoots. Um, I would have preferred hiring from a distinct tree, kind of the way USC hired Graham Harrell. Um, you know, just go hire the best air raid guy and go see what that looks like at Washington. Yeah. The hell. Um, but they wanted to think more pro style, it looks like, and we're going to see what that looks like. Sometimes it works. I mean, like with LSU, um, and sometimes it doesn't. So we'll see. It so if Hitlerday was instead of an Oregon fan was say uh, like Auburn fan, and 
LSU brings in Joe Brady, would he look at that resume and be like, what the hell is that they doing? Like, this is terrible. Like, he, that yeah, worked out know. pretty well. I mean, you don't know. Like, it, just because the guy doesn't have a great resume doesn't mean he's not going to make it click and and you're going to get Joe Burrow throw for 60 freaking touchdowns <laughs> with the Heisman Trophy. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, nice. you just don't know. All right. What's our last one? What's our last one? We got Frank. Oh, it's Frank in Sacramento. College pays off if you go to the cheapest state school you can find that is close enough to your home so you can work a part-time job and live with your parents and take STEM courses. Right? Uh, uh, P.S. Okay. My two kids didn't do this. They went to USC uh, 2007, 2010, and we parents paid all their costs, and they both got good jobs with no debt. I would not recommend this to most middle-income parents like us, Frank in Sacramento. All right, Frank. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think uh, paying full boat, full freight of USC is in the cards for most middle-income folks, so good on you, Frank. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, no, the, there's a calculus to it. If you can, if there are cheapish state schools near you and you can send somebody there, um, and I, I don't know how much working part-time even puts a dent in it these days, but if you can do that, then great. I think that's probably a good way to go. Yeah. Do you, do you feel like it's going to be something where it's, you have to be like, it's not, you know, colleges are good or, or, or pretty good but not all college like it's like you know there's going to be ones that are just don't hey that's not worth it you go to the small liberal arts school and pay 50 grand a year uh that's just not going to be worth it what you're going to get out of it versus someone else that does like hey it's a state school and you got a more broad education and you got to work part-time and, and live at home like those kind of things like what do you think there's going to be like you have to weigh at, it like that or so just, at the height of um kind of the the loss uh, kind of an analogy but at the height of the lawyer crunch when there were way too many people flooding into law school and not enough lawyer jobs to um take them like in 2010 the general rule of thumb was if you can get into a t14 school meaning a top 14 school you go and you just pay full freight and you, whatever you do what you have to do um anywhere below that it really depended on how much financial assistance you got whether you should go or not um and i think a similar calculus will have to play into if if this continues unabated, like if costers continue to go up, you're going to have to start looking at, OK, it's going to you got to go to college. Fine. You've got to go to community college for a couple of years and then just pay two years at a state school or whatever it is. Um, and I don't think it's going to be quality at that point. I think it's going to be mainly based on cost. So um, like private schools that are mid tier that still cost like 50 grand a year. Like, those should be shuttered. Like, there's no way there's value in that. Um, I mean, your Harvards and your Yales, yeah, I mean, you're getting a sinecure when you walk out of that. But, um, like, some random, you know, liberal arts school in Kansas, like, I don't know, man. You can't you can't be paying way super high private school tuition for that sort of thing these days. It's just, unless your parents literally have money to burn, um, which they might if you're, thinking about private school in Kansas. Um, but by and large for like people who actually do have to make a dollars and cents decision, I think you're going to have to look at, you know, what are the local state schools and what's the community college and all that kind of stuff. And even the, I mean, the thing is even in state tuition for a lot of schools now is exorbitant, um, for state schools. And it's just, you know, it's, it's a tougher deal than it used to be. Um, and it's getting tougher all the time. Yeah. Do you think, um, I, I mean, we're going to come out of this pandemic and 
life is going to be a little bit different. Maybe it's mm -hmm. a lot different. Maybe it's a little different. Like maybe yeah. you don't shake hands as much. Maybe there's not. Do you think that you just don't you don't open mouth kiss your friends on the street <laughs> when you walk by? <laughs> I wonder about in Italy. Like, could you kiss everybody? Like, is that, is that just going to stop? Like, that sucks with right. part of the culture. Um, even like the mask wearing stuff where like, hey, if you're in South Korea, it's very common to wear a mask. I think we had uh, uh, who's our buddy in South Korea that writes in with, with another guy. Chris um, and Seoul. Chris Like he talked about that. Hey, that's just part of the culture. And here it's like frowned upon. Well, maybe now everyone's wearing masks. It won't be frowned upon going forward. Who knows? But do you feel like colleges in general are going to have to check themselves and maybe they were growing, you know, and they could increase tuition and it was harder and harder to get in and all that. I know a lot of, you know, people, you know, my friends that they went to USC, they can't get their kids into USC anymore. It's, it's hard, but sometimes they'll go, like you said, you go to a community college for a year and then you transfer in. It's cheaper that way. Will schools like now want to let more people in because they need that full tuition and not having these people do that? Or can they tuition's got to go down to attract more students? Like, do you think it's the universities were all like the, everyone was fighting to get to them and they were just on these, you know, the, I guess, ivory towers, you guess you could say. But now there's going to be less people interested in going to college. So they have to kind of back off some of the requirements and be more attractive to the students. If, if you get what I'm saying, I'm kind of mumbling about that. Yeah, but. no, I, I, I get it. And I mean, that's if there's a potentially good upside from this whole thing is that we hit a reset with some of this stuff um, at the very least that we hit a reset. Um, hopefully we would recognize the problems that were actually causing the, you know, unregulated growth as it was, right? Like having this insane loan market where people with absolutely no credit history can just get hundreds of thousands of dollars in loans is insane. Like that's an insane thing. And then not allowing them to discharge it in bankruptcy is insane. Like you're having people who are 17, 18 years old making decisions that are going to impact the next I don't know, maybe until they're in Social Security. Like there's there's reports that people are collecting Social Security checks and getting them garnished with student loan debt because they're still carrying it at that point. Um, so, yeah, I, hopefully um, uh, if there is a good outcome from this thing, and there hopefully will be a few, but one of them would be a reset on a lot of these costs um, because people are going to get hit hard by this. Um a lot of people who would be thinking about college, particularly like my generation, um, like the mid 30s people who are probably starting families now, starting to have kids, they're getting crushed by this thing again. Right now, when they're starting to maybe eke into their prime earning years, they're getting pushed back again. Um, so their kids are not going to be in as good position, my kids, uh, but like just this generation's children are not going to be in as good position to pay a whole bunch of money for college as even the last generation was. Um, so something's got to give. Um, and I would imagine the reality for a lot of these universities is they're going to have to close doors or rethink their tuition and funding. Um, so it's like we were talking about several weeks ago, there's going to be so many ramifications from this thing that are just hard to even foresee at this point. But I definitely think that's one of them. Um, but there's going to be a lot of businesses like that. There's going to be, I mean, the housing market, like what's going to happen to, I mean, they're going to have to take down home prices because there's not going to be anybody being able to afford stuff yeah. um, internationally. Like nobody has any money um, because everyone's been on house arrest. Um, so 
I don't know. It's going to be a really, really interesting couple of years. Yeah, it will. We don't know. Uh, we'll see how this transpires and how it uh, rolls out. But in the meantime, for now, we're hopeful that there's going to be college football. And we want everyone out there to be safe. Um, you know, you guys mean a lot to us being in our audience, even though David doesn't act like it. We, we do appreciate you guys being out there. I guess this is our fifth season or whatever doing this or is sixth it season or sixth? We at least started 2015 or 16. I don't know. Yeah, it was spring. It was spring or summer 2015. Wow. So, yeah. Wow. We do this a while. We appreciate that. You know, we might not be the most informative people all the time, but we try to be entertaining. And uh, we we love that you guys keep writing in. And and, you know, if we can be a little part of your day and uh, make it a little brighter, that's kind of why we're here. So, yeah, I love to make people's days brighter. That's why I <laughs> stick to the subject matter that I always stick to. <laughs> Sunshine and rainbows from this guy. Yeah, he's he's fun at parties, man. I can tell you. <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> you can you can wind me up at parties and bar mitzvahs and let me rip. <laughs> we, maybe we could have a uh, a podcast of champions Zoom. Should we have a POC Zoom? I think that'd be kind of fun. Don't that'd you be think? Cool. Yeah. I just got a uh, I got a, a subscription right now, so I can have like long uh, Zooms. Um, yeah, you know what? If you want to have one, we'll come up with a time, but email us, um, packed off podcast at gmail.com. If you want in and maybe like, you know, suggested times Dave's on the East coast. I'm on the West coast. We'll figure out a time, but maybe we'll just have a zoom. We'll send out invites over, uh, emails or whatever. Uh, or, you know, we, we can do the Twitters and, and tweet some people's stuff and kind of drink with people on the podcast. I kind of like this, Dave. I think that'd be a ton of fun. Yeah, another good idea from you, David. You just you just keep bringing just, them. I've got them. I've got them just percolating <laughs> up here, and it's just it's amazing how you can just take them, and yeah. and you just understand from my grunts and hisses <laughs> what exactly I mean. It's incredible. Oh, good stuff. Uh, all right. Well, yeah. So email us. Let us know uh, if you're still listening at the end of the show, and uh, we'll we'll tweet it out and stuff too, and maybe post it on the uh, the Reddit page. Dave, that's going to be your job. We need you to solicit the Reddit page, okay? Yeah, yeah. I think that should be my job. Because <laughs> you do so much around here. Uh, all right. Well, I guess we'll wrap it up. Uh, that is David Woods. Uh, I'm Ryan Abraham. Thanks so much uh, for tuning in to the Podcast of Champions. We appreciate all of you, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye.